Welcome to Reach for the Pod, the Indiana Daily Students, Indiana Football Podcast. My name is Patrick Feltz. I'm your host here today. Um, and we've got a big game this weekend in Bloomington. It's homecoming. It's the old brass spittoon. Michigan State is headed to town, the 10th ranked in the nation, Michigan State Spartans. Uh, they're undefeated, and they've got a potential Heisman front runner at running back, and we'll get into all of that later. Um, Michigan State is headed to Indiana this week, battle for the old brass spittoon, and we're here to talk about it. Joining me today, he's a sports editor of the State News, the student newspaper of Michigan State University. Uh, and he knows just about everything you need to know about the opponent this weekend. His name is Eli McCown. Eli, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you, Patrick? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on and, and talking to us uh, here today. So the first thing I think we have to start with when you're talking about this Michigan State team, in my mind, it starts and ends with the man in the backfield, K-9, number nine, Kenneth Walker, the running back, potentially a Heisman front runner right now. Certainly, I think the best running back in college football and if he keeps up the way he's been playing, he could have a chance to bring home some hardware in December. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been incredible. He's been um, more than advertised uh, from the get-go. I mean, last year at Wake Forest, he started out the year as one of their top running backs, had some big, big plays, but like later towards the year for undisclosed reasons, kind of just faded out of that rotation, which didn't make a lot of sense over at Wake Forest. And then, then he comes to Michigan State, and we saw during the spring game, we saw flashes. I was there with Sam Scar, our football reporter at the time, and I said, he's going to be a big player for them next year, and he could be kind of key for them. And we've seen just a big jump even over the course of the summer from him in terms of what he can do. Not only is he incredibly shifty and be able to kind of get, make guys miss, but he can run you over too. He can get you in multiple ways. And this is a guy who has a lot of talent when he gets the ball in his hands. We haven't seen him catch out of the backfield too much, but it doesn't seem like it's that much of a stretch for him to be able to with the way he can make guys miss and make guys do things. It just hasn't been a part of the offense so far. But there's no doubt he's in that Heisman conversation. He's putting up numbers that are similar to Derrick Henry's six games in. Um, it's, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he kind of matches up against Micah McFadden and this Indiana defense this Saturday. Right, and, and this is an Indiana defense that I think matches up pretty well with this Michigan State team, all things considered. And you talk about them as really a run first team. The issue with that, you know, Indiana has played well against the run. They certainly stopped the run. And, and even in their losses, I know that Iowa game week one, that was really the only positive takeaway I had from that game. When you look at Indiana was, you know, in that loss to Iowa, really, it was just one big run from Tyler Goodson and a, and a whole lot of nothing after that. Indiana's rush defense between Cam Jones, Mike McFadden, those linebackers has been excellent. You know, week in and week out, that has been one of the few things you can count on this team, regardless of who the opponent is. With that being said, I don't know if you can count on it with this opponent. You know, there's an exception to every rule. And if there's a rule of Indiana's going to have a solid rush defense, uh, I think this might be the exception because Kenneth Walker is, in my opinion, the best running back in college football. And if I had to give out the Heisman Trophy right now, I'd probably give it to him. Uh, this guy has been uniquely dominant this season. He, he's really done it all. And I, I mean, last week, you know, when you talk about, you know, a guy as a potential Heisman winner, you talk about the Heisman moment, the moment that, you know, really made them feel like a larger than life player, a, a big character in, in the sport, just, you know, that, that towering figure. For me, last week, Kenneth Walker goes 94 yards to the house, daps up his teammate Jalen Naylor on the way to the end zone. Uh, just one of the coolest plays I think I've ever seen. He's that kind of running back. He's smooth. He's got style. He's got swagger. He's great. Uh, and if you're Indiana, I don't know if you can really stop him, but you can hope to contain him. And if you can make sure he only has a good game and not a game where he's running for 90 plus yard touchdowns like he did against 
but last week against Rutgers and week one against Northwestern, where he was just really getting anything, any hole, and he was digging into the house. Um, if you can limit those big plays from him and, you know, maybe limit him to, to around 100 yards, which doesn't sound like a great, you know, rushing defense effort, but when you talk about a running back like this, limiting him to around 100 yards would honestly be quite a feat. Yeah, and I mean Nebraska was was able to limit him in their in their game when Nebraska came into mm-hmm. East Lansing, and they had success. And quite frankly, Nebraska should have won that game, but they shot themselves in the foot too many times to really keep them in it. But, you know, with special teams at the end, they had Michigan State's former punter Prist up in there. He had a few shanked punts during the game. They gave Michigan State good field position, and even then, Michigan State right. didn't have a single first down. I think they had a total of one yard in the fourth quarter, and they were trailing in the fourth quarter and and won the football game. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, Nebraska lost that game, but they kept Kenneth Walker in check and they had the lead in the fourth quarter. If it wasn't for Jaden Reed's heroics on a punt return, that game doesn't go into overtime. That game is not won by Michigan State. So it's if you there. do it, it's it's a very it, – you force Peyton Thorne to have to make throws. That's how you beat Michigan State and beat this offense. You talk about the punter making some mistakes, a former Michigan State player who was on Nebraska. I, I think, you know, that that's just kind of funny. Fun, fun little coincidence. Fun but, little, uh, fun little tidbit. But yeah, there was a few shank punts by a former Michigan State punter that didn't go their way. And Bryce Berenger for Michigan State had some incredible punts on that afternoon as well right. so, that night too. So yeah, special teams has. I mean, in the Big Ten, that can win and lose you a game. I don't know if it's going to be the big factor in this one, uh, but what might be a big factor here is another thing in Michigan State's offense. You know, coming into last week against Rutgers, I looked at that Michigan State team and I really thought this is a one-dimensional, one-faceted offense. It's Give Kenneth Walker the ball, and if you give him a little bit of room, he's going to score. He's going to take it to the house on any given play. And I still think that's true. And while I'm not too confident in Peyton Thorne as a quarterback, this is a player who, you know, last season he came in for Rocky Lombardi in the Indiana game and couldn't put a point on the board. Indiana did win this game in a shutout, 24 to nothing in East Lansing last year. Took the old brass platoon back to Bloomington, where it currently resides. Indiana does have both of their trophies, the old Oak and Bucket and the old brass platoon right now. They also have the bourbon barrel with Kentucky, but that hasn't been played for since 2005 and has since been retired, but that's a different issue for a different day. Um, so Indiana did win this game 24, nothing last year. Peyton Thorne did struggle, but last week I think we saw something new out of Peyton Thorne. I don't know if it was as much of a him thing or if it was a Jalen Naylor thing because Jalen Naylor last week, a receiver for Michigan state had one of the best first halves of any game I've ever seen. Yeah. He, and you know, a lot of that, it's been credited to as as funny as this is and weird as it is. It's been credited to the flea flicker, and and, and you can make fun of that all you want. But and you know we were talking about it as as a you know newsroom this this last week about how like the flea flicker has become a part of Michigan State's offense. And Mel Tucker attributed it because it's no different than a run play. It's no different than a counter or no different than whatever it is you want to call it. It's a part of our offense. And when Kenneth Walker runs like this, it forces the defense to bite in and they get opportunities, and it works. Teams haven't been able to defend it. They've hit on all three attempts. They've hit it, and they've been for touchdowns or big gains. And and it's it's and every time they've used it, it scores points. And Jalen Naylor took advantage of that. He's been the um, deep threat for Michigan State for the last three seasons. His breakout game was against Indiana a few years ago, mm-hmm. and as a freshman was his big, you know, his big game where he got a touchdown to seal it in Bloomington a couple of years ago. And, you know, before Rutgers, it, he kind of had been just there. He hadn't been, you know, that involved. He hadn't also gotten a lot of targets. You know, teams kind of targeted him, and Jaden Reed had kind of been the guy. But he finally showed what he can do in that game. So 
it was definitely interesting to watch Naylor do that. But again, it, it really helps Thorne when you have a guy like Kenneth Walker who can make the defense have to respect a run game. And that's what Michigan no State yeah. this season either. Yeah, the, the run has to be considered on every single play because if you don't, he could take it to the house any given play. Right. Um, but looking at the stat line from Naylor last week, I mean, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. 221 yards and three touchdowns on five catches. That's 44 yards a catch for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, needless to say, that's pretty impressive. And that, that's, I think, an aspect Indiana's got to shut down this week if they want to shot to win this game. Yeah, and I mean, a year ago, the, the deep ball for Michigan State was the only form of offense that they had. You look at the Northwestern game, that was a game where Connor Hayward did get some success on the ground, but that also was attributed to Jalen Naylor had a couple of deep plays in that game that won them against the top 10 Northwestern uh, team last year. And then against Michigan, it was Ricky white who went for also 200 yards. Yeah, the, and the, the biggest out of nowhere game of all time, Ricky white against Michigan. And, and, you know, and that game was a game where Michigan state just took advantage of a really bad Michigan secondary that mm-hmm. year. And, you know, Daxon Hill was about the only one in that secondary that had any kind of ability to do anything in that game. And Rocky Lombardi torched him. Now he's at Northern Illinois doing his thing. But, you know, it's the deep ball has kind of stayed in this offense, but it's become even more effective out of the play action and in this flea flicker thing. And like like Mel Tucker's brought up, he goes, I don't think it's a gimmick. He goes, it's a play in our playbook, and we're going to continue to use it until teams stop it. Yeah, I mean, it. that's such an interesting facet of, of the offense that, you know, something that, that I think is pretty fair to be labeled as a gimmick play, a trick play, a, it's just an aspect of their offense that you have to consider. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, the Indiana defense is going to be scheming for that this week and in practice, but that's, that's unique. And with, with the way the run game has been for Michigan state, it makes perfect sense that that works for them as well as it does, you know, just as a play, you know, from a football perspective, uh, it makes perfect sense. Another thing I, I am curious about with Michigan state is two weeks ago, uh, they played Western Kentucky, a team Indiana's played before too, um, the team Indiana struggled with the team Indiana beat by two points in Bowling Green. Um, when I look at these two teams' efforts against both of them, uh, it was it was they're more similar games than you would think. Uh, the difference between me and you know I I, have, I like to compare common opponents because I think that's sometimes a good way to to get a grasp on on how teams are. You know Indiana did have a lead for most of that game and uh, had command of it. But then Western Kentucky got into it at the end and kind of the same deal with, with Michigan state here, but you know, you, you talk about that game and uh, 48 is a lot of points uh, for Michigan state going up against a stronger defense this week. And I think a stronger defense than they faced last week too, you know, 31, they put up 31 last week, Michigan state did against Rutgers, put up 48 on WKU. They put up 38 on the Miami hurricanes on the road. Do we think this team can score a lot, you know, particularly on a good Indiana defense? Because I, I think if Michigan State scores enough points, and that's where I wanted to pull this back to, if they score more than 30 points, I don't see Indiana winning this game. I don't know how good of a shot Indiana has to win the game entirely anyway. But if this game gets into, like, the 30s and deeper into the 30s, Indiana's not going to win in my mind. I just don't think they have the offensive capability to, to put up those points. So when you look at this Michigan State team and, and how they match up with Indiana – do you think that they can, you know, cross that 30-point threshold that's really eluded the Hoosiers this season? I think they definitely could. I, obviously, I, I would argue that this is maybe the best defense Michigan State has played this year. 
maybe second to Nebraska because Nebraska shockingly does have some good things inside the ball. And they disrupted Michigan State in that first and second half in the backfield with their defensive line. Um, and I think – but Indiana definitely could take that easily if they are that type of team. But Michigan State, with their ability to score in multiple ways where they can they can grind out a drive or they give the ball to Kenneth Walker, Jordan Simmons, Connor Hayward, Elijah Collins, they can run the ball down your throat and they can score slowly or they can hit you on the first play, and they've done that on multiple occasions. This is an offense that has the ability to score in a lot of ways and can play in a lot of different ways with the kind of versatility that they've got. And that's something that, as you mentioned earlier, it didn't seem that way early on when they played against Northwestern. It kind of felt like this is not going to be able to team that can sling the ball around, but Peyton Thorne's been able to do that, and nobody's really been able to shut him down outside of Nebraska for about a quarter, quarter and a half. So I think they definitely can, but I do think this is going to be their hardest test yet. If I had to say one way or another, I would like to say that Indiana probably keeps them around 24, 27 points somewhere in there rather than get to 30 based on what I've seen from Indiana's defense and the guys that they've got. But I don't think there's any reason that Michigan State couldn't get there with the way that they can play on offense so far. And that's not – if you would have told me I, that I was going to be saying this in week seven we, or whatever this is at this point, like six, seven games of the year, that I was yeah. going to say I have faith in Michigan State's offense, I would have told you you were nuts, but here we are. And if you told me that I'd have faith, and not even just faith, but I think it would be – Pretty surprising if Michigan State lost this game, you know, on the road against an Indiana team who coming into the season had Big Ten title aspirations. And since then, those have been all but dashed. Well, I think there is still reason for optimism this season and expectations are relative. Expectations can change. The expectations are certainly different. And, you know, Indiana does have one of, if not the hardest schedule in college football this year. They have played or will play six teams currently ranked in the top 10, including Michigan State this week. And, and looking at the schedule entirely, this feels like the best opportunity for Indiana to get a top 10 win, you know, coming off of a bye, uh, getting it at home and against the Michigan state team who, while they are a top 10 team is still looking to prove themselves. This is still a brand new coach in Mel Tucker only in his second year, his first actual year. Um, last year doesn't really count. He didn't even, you know, show up until, you know, a month before the world shut down. So uh, this is really a brand new Michigan state team still. I mean, we, we haven't seen them, face a challenge, I think, like this Indiana defense. And, you know, you could say, oh, they played Miami. Miami's defense is not very good. Turns out Miami's pretty bad. Uh, this is Michigan State's biggest test this season so far. And for Indiana, this this feels like the most winnable of their remaining top 10 games, which are at Michigan, Ohio State at home, and MSU on Saturday in Bloomington. This feels like the most winnable. I don't know if they will win it, but I think they can win it. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a, probably the most, the best chance they're going to get homecoming off a of bye week. Mm -hmm. This does feel like one of those must win games for Indiana if they want to still reach, yeah, you know, hit their expectations, hit their goals. I would say that the Michigan game at, you know, in Ann Arbor is going to be a game that's tougher at the big house. And it's not, it's going to be tougher than Michigan State at home, but I don't think that's a non winnable game for Indiana. Um, considering how Michigan's offense kind of works this year a little bit. They're kind of dedicated to the run and those kind of things. If, if you can make Cag McNamara throw, might have a bad, might have a good shot there. But, again, I think Michigan and Michigan State are kind of the same in that way. If you can stop Kenneth Walker and force Peyton throwing to throw the ball, you're in the, going to be in a good spot. But I would say that this, is, this does feel like to me, I'm, as someone looking in from the outside, like a must-win game for Indiana. And I think that's what Michigan State has to prepare for, considering this team's coming off a of bye week, it's homecoming, 
It's going to be, you know, a noon game where Michigan State could easily fall asleep, get trying to get to the scrape into the bye week or, you know, looking forward to Michigan in two weeks. This does feel like the best chance for Indiana to get a top 10 win and kind of bring back their season and kind of just, you know, be like, hey, we're all right. I agree. This is definitely a chance to to bounce back. Uh, and I, I don't know how far up in people's minds this would catapult Indiana if they were to win this game. But in my mind, I think it catapults them back into a team that can win eight games, which is still, you know, that's that sounds crazy right now. But I think that's still well within reach um, if they were to win this week. The hard part is you got to win this week. Um, and, and winning this week is tough. This is a good team on the other sideline. I don't know if they're going to get it done. I, I've said that a few times. If they are to get it done, though, here's how it's going to happen. Um, number one, I think it starts with Jack Tuttle um, on the offensive side of the football. He's almost certainly going to be the quarterback this week is what it sounds like. Um, I don't think there's been an official declaration that he's going to be the starter. I think all we've heard is like Jack's ready from, from Tom Allen, which to me signals Jack Tuttle's the quarterback. And for all intents and purposes, we're going with Jack Tuttle's the quarterback. So it starts and ends with him on offense. If he can be better than Michael Penix, which granted is a low floor, but if he can be better than what we've seen from Penix, if he can be safer with the football, and if he can make those big plays still, because while Penix was not safe with the football, he still occasionally could make a big play. Um, but if he can take care of the ball while still, you know, occasionally getting some big yardage, there's no reason Indiana can't have their best offensive outing of the entire season to this point, at least. Um, because while, you know, coming into the year, I, I would have been shocked if, if Penix wasn't at least somewhat the quarterback he was last year, but he wasn't. He just was not so far, and while he's hurt, and I don't think, you know, judging by what we've heard from the coaches, Tuttle would be starting if Penix were healthy. This still just might be what the team needs. A change at quarterback can sometimes rejuvenize a team and give them that burst of energy that they needed and a fresh start almost to the season. It, it feels like if they can make this feel like a new season and a new team, then uh, you can get th that bad taste of those three losses out of your mouth and and sort of move on. So if Tuttle – can be good if he can be decent. This is a quarterback who, you know, he's a four-star recruit, uh, came to Indiana uh, as a transfer from Utah, highest-ranked quarterback that's ever been on this campus, um, at least in terms of stars and all that. But, you know, this is a guy who's won a Big Ten road game. He won at Wisconsin last year, which was a really impressive win for Indiana. This is a guy who can get it done. I think he's more than capable of quarterback. And what we saw last week in his limited playing time against Penn State He's a guy who I would trust with the offense more so than Michael Penix this season, which, you know, this season, Michael Penix, I mean, not in the past, but to this point in the season, Tuttle's the quarterback, and I think that's a good thing for Indiana. So if they can keep that, then I, if, they can, if they can keep him going and, and keep the ball in the hands of the players wearing crimson instead of the players wearing green, then Indiana can – maybe hang around and you know if you if you can hang around especially in a season that's been as chaotic as this in college football there's no reason why you can't win the game yeah i mean this game to me a big component of it is going to be turnovers mm -hmm. because you if michigan state can get in the face of jack tuttle and force mistakes and you know or rip the ball out get, get some plays that's going to be huge for them and that's going to be really big for michigan state especially as good as their run game is and if indiana can force kenneth walker to keep him in check and you have to force Peyton Thorne into third and long situations where he has to make a play, that's going to be good for Indiana. And they're going to cause turnovers and that in those scenarios. And that's going to be great for them if they can do that. For It's really going to come down to, in my opinion, if 
Indiana can slow down the run game and get to Peyton Thorne and force him to make mistakes. And then can Michigan State force Tuttle to get in uncomfortable situations and force the same thing on the other end and make sure that they do the same thing. You're getting me really excited for Saturday by talking. (laughs) I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm ready to go out there and and see what the game is. I I can't wait. But uh, another thing for Indiana this game, I think you're going to have to keep an eye on is running back depth. So if you missed it earlier this week, backup running back Tim Baldwin Jr., entered the transfer portal at midseason, which, you know, it seems like a pretty unheard of move to transfer, you know, in the middle of the season, in the middle of the campaign. Um, but he's gone. He's no longer with the team. Uh, he hasn't, you know, decided on a school to transfer to yet, but he's no longer on the Hoosiers is what matters. Um, so that means right now there's only one scholarship running back on the, on the roster who's gotten significant playing time, and that's Stephen Carr. Behind him, it seems like it's going to be walk-ons. I mean, there, there are running backs, there are scholarship running backs, but it's true freshmen like David Holloman, who his only claim to fame this season is having his Jersey have a spelling error on it week one against Iowa. But um, Davion Irvin Poindexter, who the coaches have praised and they've sung the praises of ever since the spring, he was, I believe the player of the spring or whatever the award was. The coaching staff loves this guy. He's, you know, for not even just for a walk-on, but he seems like a pretty solid player. What we've seen from him this year, granted a lot of that's been in garbage time, but there's not a scholarship running back on this roster who's had a touch other than Stephen Carr. That seems like a worrisome thing if you're the Hoosiers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but what I will say is, you know, Michigan State last year, their number, not that their running game was anything to base off of, but Jordan Simmons, who was the true freshman, was their leading back a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so you never know who can emerge in those scenarios. I mean, Michigan State's had uh, Jordan Simmons, LJ Scott emerge as true freshmen and make things happen. Now, are they, you know, are these talents of true freshmen? I mean, LJ Scott talent, I don't know. I mean, uh, LJ Scott's career kind of took a weird turn at the end, but I mean, that was a guy who had a lot of talent his freshman year and came in and played right away. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's obviously a concerning thing for the run game because I do think that's going to be really important to you know for Indiana to get Tuttle in good situations to make him feel comfortable mm-hmm. and not make him have to make yeah. big plays with his arms or with his legs or anything like that and try to make things happen because if they can get in third and short situations that's going to be good for Tuttle and building his confidence throughout the game. Yeah, and Stephen Carr is a very good running back and a guy who I trust with the football from Indiana. Uh, behind him, there are question marks. Granted, and the big issue with that is not that. You know, if you're playing a, a walk-on, a particularly a good walk-on like Irvin Poindexter as your backup running back, I mean, maybe that's not desirable, but, you know, you can make it work. The bigger issue is that Carr, while he hasn't been hurt during his time in Bloomington, and granted that's only been about five games, exactly five games actually, uh, he's had injury issues traditionally at USC. So if those creep up again, Indiana could be in serious trouble the rest of the way. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this was a team from Michigan State last year that dealt with those kind of things at injuries. We were playing our, our former backup punter at tight end, and Tyler Hunt. Those things can get to <laughs> mind you, Tyler Hunt, Tyler Hunt has emerged as a guy who could play, which is very funny. Very yeah, yeah I, 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 unbelievable. It's going to be key for Indiana to kind of find those guys and plug holes, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a strength of this coaching staff is they're not afraid to, to mix and match some guys at positions. Um, I know the, the one big – one of that is David Ellis, who's also hurt right now. So uh, the former wide receiver turned running back. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of running backs, there's some question marks for Indiana. But as of now, Stephen Carr's the guy. So if he stays healthy, and if you're Indiana, you cross your fingers and say your prayers that he is healthy. Uh, but who knows? Um, let's get into the last segment of this. 
what do we think happens on Saturday? Um, I think we get a close one, closer than it probably should be if you're Michigan State. I think they sweat it out a little bit. I think Indiana's got a real shot to win this game. I'm not saying they will. I'm not going to predict that they will because, I don't know, maybe that's – I can't bring myself to do it as much as I I kind of have a gut feeling that Indiana will win this game. I don't think they will. Uh, This is a Michigan State team that's still really good. It's undefeated, top 10. And if they want to go in and and have a shot to make a New Year's Six Bowl game, they got to take care of business in a game like this. And then in two weeks after their bye – they have got a shot to, to beat their rival, Michigan, on the road. Or actually, that's at home. Excuse me. This is at um, East Lansing. Yep. East Lansing this year. Yeah, I forgot last season was in Ann Arbor. Um, this is a team that's got really high aspirations, and I don't see them overlooking this game. Uh, well, you know, traditionally, Indiana has been viewed as a trap game for a lot of teams, and even Michigan State going back as far as 1950, as I wrote in my story, uh, this week about the old brass platoon, the trophy they'll be playing for. Um, even in 1950, when Michigan State first joined the Big Ten, then known as the Western Conference, there were students, a student, uh, the student junior body president, I believe at the time, who thought Indiana was a trap game after they played Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. Uh, and, well, they bought the trophy and the rest is history um, to try and inspire the team. This could be a potential trap for Michigan State. I totally see it. They've got the bye in Michigan coming up. I don't see him overlooking it. My final score prediction is going to be 23 to 20 Spartans win in a close one. Yeah, I, I have to agree that it's going to be a close game. I think this is a, a team with two good defenses. This this just feels like a Big Ten kind of slugfest. Of yeah. It feels like that's what this is going to be. I think the key, again, is going to be which team can make the, the quarterback the most uncomfortable and get them in third and long situations, forcing the offense to either get off the field or force turnovers. Um, so far, that's been Michigan State, but this is also, in my opinion, their toughest game they've had yet. I think you go down the list. I don't know that they've had, they're going to be in, uh, that they've been in a more hostile environment so far, considering this is going to be homecoming noon, a must win game. It's going to be a big crowd in Bloomington. Tickets are, tickets are expensive. It, it seems like there's, there's a high demand. Yeah, so this is going to be a game where Michigan State's going to probably be in its most hostile environment it's been in. It's a good football team, a well-coached football team. Um, They're going to have to be careful because, like I said, this is a desperate football team for Indiana who wants to get back on track, wants to stay in the relevancy in the Big Ten and stay near the top like they were a year ago. Um, But I haven't seen anything from this Michigan State team that tells me that they're not going to be able to find a way to win this one as of yet for me to go against that. Um, I just feel that they've, this team is a team that's found a way somehow in every game, whatever, whether it is, um, Jaden Reed getting punt returns against Nebraska, whether it's Peyton Thor making throws, Kenneth Walker going for 95 yards or whatever it is, they found ways to win games. It hasn't been pretty at times. It hasn't been beautiful at times. Sometimes it has, but I like Michigan state in this one. I've kind of went around on this. I feel, I think it's going to be like a 27, 21 type of ball game. I think Michigan state comes away with a win and I think they, want to get to this bye week and this Michigan game is going to be really big for them after surprising them a year ago, Michigan's going to want to get back. So um, I think they're going to be looking forward to that one as well. You talk a little bit about this team, just finding a way to win. I get a little bit of that team of destiny vibe that I, I got in that 2015 Michigan state team as well. Definitely feels like they can, they can hang with any team in the country, you know, good or bad. Uh, they're going to play in a lot of close games. And I think they'll even play in a close one in Columbus here in a couple of weeks. I've just got a feeling about that. This is a good team, and this is a team that's got high aspirations and a team that has certainly exceeded any expectation I had for them to this point under Mel Tucker. 
Uh, but a big game for sure this weekend playing for the old brass platoon and the Hoosiers looking to keep it in Bloomington for a second consecutive year, uh, something that they haven't done a whole lot in the history of this series. In fact, um, the, the official, the number on that, uh, I believe 10 out of 11, Michigan State won this matchup 10 out of 11 times between 2007 and 2019. Indiana does not hold on to this trophy often. I've just got a feeling it goes back to East Lansing this year. It should be a fun one. I'm, I always love, I've like, we talked for our, for the old restitute story. I love this game. I, yeah. I love everything about it. The big 10 atmosphere, the weirdness of it. I'm really excited for it. It should be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, there's been some fun graphics. I've seen Michigan state football tweet out this one of like of one of their players, like staring into the brook bucket and it's like glowing into his face. It was like this whole weird thing. I'm like, it's just, I, I love the weirdness <laughs> of this. I love that it's not really a rivalry, but it, like we call it one and it's fun. Sure it yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so big 10 of it, but mm-hmm. that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Eli, where can the people find you? You can find us at state news uh, on our Twitter, on our website, statenews.com at the snooze. You can find me at, at E McCowan 23 on Twitter and you can find our whole team and all of our content on our website and everything else. Yes, you can. They'll have plenty of great coverage this weekend and the rest of the season, uh, including some crossovers with your friends at the IDS. So IDSnews.com for all of your Indiana football content. And stay tuned. The rest of the season, we'll have plenty more content, including uh, starting up soon some basketball, women's basketball, uh, including a potential basketball podcast. So stay tuned for that. That'll do it for this week's edition of Rich for the Pod. We will see you next time. Bye.